The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know I'm determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And joining me today is a much needed guest. We're sitting here at this time in the middle of quarantine, COVID-19, and I've brought on Dr. Eric Karchmer. He is a practicing Chinese medical doctor, medical anthropologist, and co-founder and chief doctor of Chinese medicine for DAO Labs. From 1995 to 2000, Eric studied at the Beijing University of Chinese Medicine, and today is both a licensed acupuncturist and professor at Appalachian State University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Karchmer. Hi, Dr. Taz. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're thrilled to have you, and we need help. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> uh, tell me what you think is happening. I mean, I could ask you a million questions. Many people that listen to the show already know that I'm a big believer in Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm a licensed acupuncturist mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but, you know, what is happening to our planet, I think, is, is my question. And what do you think is happening from a Chinese medicine standpoint. You know, as you and I sit here today, we most of the country is in some sort of quarantine or lockdown, you know, different rules, different states, but most of the nation, most of the world, you know, is in lockdown. And we've seen the rapid spread of COVID-19. And I don't think it's the end because I think the viruses and the bacteria and all of those things are going to continue to change and mutate. So for everybody out there listening who's so fixated on COVID-19, you know, Uh let's talk about that, but let's talk about the bigger problem. So I'll let you take it from there. Uh, Well, I think you're right. I think it's, um, it could be just the beginning. Um, And I do think Chinese medicine has a really important role to play here um, for some fresh perspectives and alternatives. Um, And uh, your listeners may or may not be uh, familiar. You know, this is really sort of round two, if you will, with um, coronavirus, because Mm -hmm. back in 2003, we had the sort of the SARS epidemic, uh, which kind of petered out, um, uh, but it was a real crisis and uh, it had a, a, it was not as infectious or contagious as COVID-19 is, but it had a higher mortality rate. Um, And I remember kind of at that time sort of thinking, how did, how did we get so, it was very scary, but we kind of got lucky and all the quarantine measures worked well enough and it sort of disappeared. But now we've got a, another version of the coronavirus. Um, and I'm, it's, I'm just not sure if it's going to go away. But I do think, um, I do think Chinese medicine um, uh, can be a help here. Um, and in fact, actually, um, uh, because I do research in China, as you, yeah. as you mentioned, um, I've been in contact with um, some colleagues in China. And it's really actually being used quite, Chinese medicine being used very widely uh, right now to address the, epidemic in China. And I think it's just a, um, and the Chinese government is now sort of starting to really claim some real results from that. And so I think it's a reminder that um, uh, we don't, we don't, we don't want to give up on all of our public health measures and all of our tools, and right. Western, but we need some additional ones. And, um, and uh, so I think what's happening in China is, is, is a good reminder of that. Yeah, I agree. And why do you think SARS, the first coronavirus in 03, kind of petered out, whereas this one, at least from my perspective, seems to be more extreme and more extreme with its global spread and all the other stuff? What do you think is happening there? Um, well, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I just think that I think this one is is more contagious. Uh, it's not as, not as virulent. So a lot of people are, I mean, that's also, I think, what makes it tricky is, um, some people have very mild cases of it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a, a, a sister-in-law and probably a brother and lots of friends who I think have all been sick with it already, but they never got tested. So it's, 
it's probably out there in much to a much greater extent than we even realized. Um, and in 2003, because it uh, just was a little bit more slow moving and it really was centered in China and got to a few other places. But uh, of course, in China, you've got the you've got a one party state there and you've got right. the possibility of some really draconian measures, right. uh, which they've implemented again. And but it, it wasn't even that in China didn't couldn't really contain this one. So I just think we're, we're, in, a, we're in a new world. Interesting. Sure. Well, from a Chinese medicine perspective, talk to us a little bit about, you know, COVID-19, you know, bacterial and viral invasion of your immune system, your immune system itself, you know, the, what, what, the things we can do. Because I, yeah. I stand, and you may know this if you listen to some of my episodes, but I stand firmly in that there's only so much we can control the external environment, you know, yeah. but there's a lot that we can do to control our internal environment. So what's the Chinese medicine kind of perspective on all of that? Yeah, 100%. And so that's, yeah, your perspective really is totally in line with a Chinese medicine perspective too. So a couple of basic things about Chinese medicine. One, um, uh, it's interesting because it, um, microorganisms, viruses, bacteria, that's never been a part of Chinese medicine. It, it, it emerged long before people had that kind of knowledge. Uh, so it's got a different sort of toolkit for thinking about um, for about illnesses that um, come from that are sort of invade from the outside, and it's also got another kind of perspective that's really important that kind of gets to what you're talking about. Chinese medicine is also very attentive to like who gets sick and who doesn't get sick. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're seeing very clearly in this epidemic that uh, the elderly, people 70 and above, they're the most vulnerable. Uh, well, there's you know there's kind of an interesting way of thinking about that in Chinese medicine, and that's usually through this idea of like a deficiency. Mm -hmm. you know, as we get on in age, we we become vulnerable, and you can think of a deficiency as a vulnerability, and we become vulnerable in different ways. Um, Chinese medicine is really good at thinking about that, and also really good at addressing that. Um, so uh, I know in your um, I was just listening to one of your other podcasts where you're talking about astragalus. Um, yes, my favorite. A classic example. Yeah. Um, uh, astragalus is uh, actually would be extremely useful in, in this situation because astragalus um, supplements chi and mm -hmm. particularly sort of this, we think of this idea of like defensive chi, something that kind of like is on the, 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 the boundaries of the body yeah. um, and defends against kind of external invasion, if you will. Um, uh, so Chinese medicine has always been kind of attentive to that and always been attentive to like the, uh, the medicinals, the herbs and uh, things like that, that help kind of address the body in that way. In Western medicine, we're extremely focused on, um, you know, the, the origin of illness. So here it's a, it's a microorganism. And so mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for antiviral drugs that attack the virus or we have antibiotics that attack the bacteria uh, but Chinese medicine has kind of emerged with like different strategies and and when you treat um, things like this in Chinese medicine you never treat with sort of one drug so uh, in Western medicine we're very focused on sort of that that compound that you know kills the virus or kills the bacteria in Chinese medicine the strategy has always been to use a combination of drugs and think about how that combination works together with your body to get it back in balance uh, so that you can you know, either either it's whether it's an, an acute acute infection or if it's something chronic, um, it's sort of trying to like help the body do and get to the place it'd rather be, as opposed to sort of um, kill a microorganism or interrupt some right. sort of physiological mechanism. Do you think so? In China, are they adopting any of sort of these herbal remedies or things like that to help fight COVID nineteen? And would that not be 
maybe a better approach than the current approach of like shutting the whole world down and seeing economies <laughs> crash. And I think we're going to have a mental health know, crisis I, next. I, I know, you know, I, I think know, that's know, what's next. So. I know, because I know, I know. Um, so I think that, I mean, and in China, the, 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 um, it's extremely strict quarantine. So and the government can do that, but, um, and maybe the economy is strong enough there that they'll get away with it. But, um, uh, but they have been one thing that's been very interesting is the government has really been pushing Chinese medicine um, treatments clinically. Hmm. This is also a departure from SARS back in 2003. And there's kind of an interesting history in China where um, for a long time in the 20, you could say the 20th century, let's just say the 20th century, broadly speaking, Chinese medicine was looked at something backwards, uh, a throwback to a, um, an earlier society, uh, something that's sort of opposed to or interferes with modernization. Uh, and so that was very a very strong sentiment, certainly among kind of political elites and things like that. Right. Um, and it, and, SAR, and SARS in 2003 was a bit of a, and that's, also, that's actually not true. Chinese medicine is quite effective at treating something, um, any lots of acute illnesses. And, um, and I would think it would be quite helpful, uh, or the reports out of China are also quite helpful with COVID-19. Um, but that wasn't, like a lot of people sort of forgot that until SARS in 2003 happened. And then by uh, kind of, um, and then Chinese medicine doctors started getting involved in that. And since there was no Western medicine treatments for that, very life-threatening, uh, they kind of were sort of rediscovering some of their skills at treating this sort of thing. And um, when this epidemic came along, the Chinese government, and there's been a shift of leadership too, which is also important too, hmm. it's really been pushing it. And so some reports I heard just, um, uh, this is from the state council. These are sort of like you know, upper yeah. level central, yeah. federal government or, or central government authorities uh, were saying that maybe up to 90% of patients in China um, have been receiving treatment with, with Chinese herbal medicine. And then they've been doing, now Chinese herbal medicine uh, for your viewers too, also um, is not a one size fits all. So just right, like you said, it's, it's a combination of drugs. And also treatments will be might be tailored to just how severe the condition is. Um, uh, so a mild case might be treated very differently than something that's really causing a pneumonia. It would be, absolutely have to be very different. But, um, so are they bringing in the Chinese herbalist along with the like con more conventional, so to speak, physicians in a partnership and working together? Yes, I, th I think it, I think you could really say, uh, I think in a partnership, and I, I don't know exactly all the details, but there is um, uh, this report I read, I think was said, you know, 5,000 doctors of Chinese medicine have been sent to various centers for, you know, to be involved in the treatment. Huh. Also, institute, so there, China has like two parallel institutions of medical practice, you've got your institutions of Western medicine or, you know, like ours here in the, in the right. US. And then you've got institutions of Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine was sort of the um, country cousin for a little while and it's not as big and but still, it's still a major institution with universities and hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I suspect what's happening is patients are kind of going into both types of hospitals, but then even in the Western medicine hospitals, my, my sense is you're also getting Chinese medicine doctors involved in those treatments. That's well. amazing. Yeah. I think that's good. Cause it, I know it, for a while they had, were just sort of anti, when do you think, is there much of a movement? I'm so I've just been super frustrated watching a lot of the coverage. I'm like, yeah. we just need to put everybody on this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And do you think we'll get to that point in this country where there can be a true collaborative relationship? Like I think there's some early studies on IV vitamin C 
mm -hmm. uh, from China and mm -hmm. uh, remission of COVID-19. And we've tried to reach out to some of the hospitals and the, you get the standard answer, right? There are no studies, there's no data, right, but there's right. no studies or data on anything. You know? so, <laughs> so, I mean, do you think we'll get to that point in this country? Or? Oh, I, I do think we will. I, I still think we have a ways to go, but something yeah. like this might really be a catalyst. Mm -hmm. um, so, I just know because I'm also a clinical practitioner, so I know yeah. um, like just like ordering supplies from my clinic, like uh, you know all the all the herbal medicine suppliers are like you know they're totally swamped with right. Orders. Right. Uh, as you mentioned, I have I have my own little company, Dow, uh, Dow Labs, and yep. mm -hmm. suddenly you know our orders are doubling and tripling too because yep. people are kind of looking for alternatives. So I think we might get there, and I would say that um, the kind of to there's to get back to your kind of question about prevention too. Uh, there's um, you know, we're hearing about sort of like clinical treatments for people who are sick with COVID-19, but there are like these really powerful formulas uh, that could be or approaches, and you've kind of talked about things I know in your other podcasts about sort of, you know, strengthening your body. I think this is mm -hmm. what you're all about, right? Right. Um, and um, helping make your, helping to make yourself as balanced and healthy as possible so that the chances of you getting infected are minimized or when you do get in, or when you do get an infection, you bounce up much more quickly. It's a much more, a much more yeah. one. So yeah, there's a ton, there's a, um, a ton of options. I would say also, um, I've done a little research on the SARS epidemic in 2003, yeah. uh, and I had the privilege of interviewing a very famous doctor who was in his 90s. This is about now 10 years ago, and he sadly passed away recently. Um, uh, but he couldn't stop talking to me about how important the SARS epidemic in 2003 was. He said because he said this is one young doctor of Chinese medicine realize what they can do. Uh, and he said, and what they can do hasn't, um, they're only, you know, it's not even in sort of like the reports, which are mostly, which are probably all in Chinese. He says, because, you know, a lot of the doctors here, and uh, this is in Guangzhou, um, were also, you know, many of them stayed healthy while, uh, while working through the epidemic and treating patients, because they were all taking Chinese herbs prophylactically, according to him. And so, you know, they're doing some of these formulas that are, that are, you know, cheese, you know, cheese supplementing or what have you. Right, and, um, right. So he said, you know, the, the, just, if you just look at the numbers from like SARS in 2003, it doesn't tell the whole story. And I think, I think when we kind of hear the story of COVID-19, at least in China, when we get that story, we're going to get more of that too. And so hopefully this is at least a, a if one, if there's one positive thing that comes out of this is we'll have a, sh a little shift in thinking here. Um, I, well, I like, I yeah. mean, I think hopefully my hope is that we'll be more open. We'll be more open to alternative modalities, other ways of thinking, understanding that we're a global family and that what one of us does impacts everybody. And, you know, all yeah. of that. Now I do remember um, reading on the three layers of immunity in Chinese medicine, and I've forgotten the names. There's the Wei Qi and then the central and then the internal. Uh -huh. but one, one is your external environment, one is uh, your body, and then one is your emotional state. Uh -huh. You know, and one of the things I love the most about Chinese medicine is it does such a great job connecting our emotional state to our overall body chemistry and immunity and inflammation and things like that. You know, what would you tell folks right now who might be in a quarantine wow. and having a lot of anxiety about being isolated or you know just uncertainty about what's happening in the world how would they how would you approach them from a Chinese medicine perspective well I think your, your point is so important um, so maybe if there's like one like just like takeaway lesson from Chinese medicine is that it is extremely holistic and there is no separation between like mind and body um, you know so so we can't just sort of like 
we can't just sort of treat our anxieties or our depressions with like pills that sort of make the symptoms go away, but never get at the root of the problem. Uh, so in, in Chinese medicine, any treatment for emotional issues, um, uh, um, uh, psychological issues, always always is a treatment of the body. So it's all kind of a, it's all kind of a whole. Um, so you want to do, you really want to pay attention to this and to kind of make a little a connection back to, um, you know, women's health, uh, you know, shadowing, doc, shadowing doctors and um, uh, shadowing Chinese medicine gynecologists in China. One of the things that always like, uh, it made me kind of chuckle, but it was really profound was they would always kind of like look at their, uh, you know, this would happen like multiple times in, in a morning. They'd be like, they'd look across the table at the, at the patient they're consulting with and they're like, and you need to control your anger. Oh, wow. <laughs> you need to work on your anger. Uh, and it, it, you know, this doesn't quite translate in English because you, no, a second. No. <laughs> you think of anger as this thing that's beyond control, right? Right. Uh, but they, re they really were like, um, and now of course, as, as they were saying that, they're doing things in their formulas that are going to you know, soothe, soothe the liver, um, or yeah. other things are going to, uh, you know, help to help to achieve some of those emotions, help to achieve some of that emotional balance that goes with it. But at the same time, they're saying, Hey, you need to kind of work on this too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just kind of a reminder, um, in a moment like this, you know, we can't let the stress get, uh, get the better of us. Um, uh, we need to work on that. We need to kind of work on everything, but you also can't think that you're, um, you can't think that your chronic stomach issues are unrelated either. Like right. those, those need right. to be addressed. Um, so and, and my, my most general advice for anyone out there is that, um, you know, work on the, you know, work on whatever the, the best way you can be prepared for COVID-19 is to start working on all the problems that you're sort of dealing with. So if you've got, um, uh, you know, an autoimmune condition, you got to focus on, on that, that you know, yeah. stomach issues, what have you. Um, so I think that's all essential, and I think the emotions are just a, a really key part of it. And I think that part of Chinese medicine is really profound. We often um, theorize that the emotion as be, emotions as being connected to the organs. Mm -hmm. um, so like sadness in the lungs, pensiveness in the spleen, anger, anger in the liver, fear in the kidneys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh -huh. you don't necessarily always kind of treat it quite that, um, that might sound a little bit rigid. You don't necessarily always treat it like along those lines, but it is a reminder that emotions aren't in the brain. They aren't right. somewhere separated from your body. They're like just like most fundamentally in the body. Yeah. I, and I think that's such an important point because, you know, even in working with patients and flipping out of Chinese medicine and maybe into some of the other things that I do, you know, when there's chronic inflammation, when there's chronic gut issues, when there are nutritional deficiencies, when there's chronic stress, when there's trauma, you're in a low chi state, right? You don't have yeah. the reserves or the energy to fight mm -hmm. anything off, leave alone a virus like COVID-19. So I right. think it's really a call for all of us to optimize our health and to understand the connection between the way we live who we live with, what our emotional mm -hmm. state is, what our physical state is, and really own it and not just get by with sort of that stamp of you're fine, right? Because I think that's yeah. what the majority of people hear, whereas in Chinese medicine, the beauty is you never get that you're fine. You get like, well, here are the five things you can continue to work on to be mm -hmm. up here, you know? Right. So I yeah. think that to me is one of the fundamental difference. If, um, if someone yeah. wants to learn more about Chinese medicine and how it may apply to their lives, what's your favorite resource? Uh, well, can I plug my little company? Of course, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> I, I do think I do think it is. Like, we've tried, we're trying to make it a resource. Um, uh, so I would say uh, I'll, I'll mention I'll mention a little bit more. Uh, Scott yeah. Little, but um, but like uh, so, 
Dow Labs is my company and their website is mydowlabs.com. Uh, but we do have a blog there and, um, uh, and, and certainly I would encourage everyone to kind of go there and kind of look at least, uh, and a lot of people do contribute to it, but certainly I would encourage you all to look for the, all, all for the, all the things that I've written. I really try to kind of take, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes stuck in academia and like a very esoteric world of scholarship, right. but I do right. try like the website for me is an opportunity to like really think about how can I can communicate about Chinese medicine in a language that like everyday readers they can, relate to, um, yeah. can, um, can understand. And so, um, so I do try to do that. We have a, we have a little, I wrote a little link about um, just COVID-19 just recently on the blog. Okay, uh, so fantastic. people kind of go there and read about like, you know, how can, uh, in fact, my wife even um, asked me this. She's like, so uh, she was like, wait a second, you're telling me that you think Chinese medicine, like you and you yourself can treat COVID-19 um, when there's like no drug, uh, <laughs> no drug that can, the drug out there that treats it. It's like, yes, I, I, I do. Well, I've been of course, pretty I desperate, quite honestly. Like, yeah, I've been actually. Yeah, everything I've heard about the symptoms, I'm like, well, I've treated like, I've treated like, you know, hundreds of colds just like that. I would, right. I feel pretty comfortable. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I've actually, I've probably taken it a step too far. I've actually reached out to the state department <laughs> and to our governor's office. I'm sure no one's going to listen to me, but, yep. but I am, I see solutions and I just yeah. don't think that we're yeah. acting I, I, on I, I, from, you know. Yeah. I really, I really agree. And of course, and this is not to minimize like no. really mm -hmm. severe cases and no, critical cases. Not at all. And, no. and those are going to, those are, right. um, so concerning, but, right. uh, and you know, that, that, that's probably going to be happening too, but there, um, but you know, if we can prevent some people from get, ever getting there, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, and I kind of even wonder too, what will the story and what will the end story be? It seems to me like the, like we're looking at mortality rates, like in Italy or perhaps what we'll end right. up here. It's, I think it's going to be much higher than what they had in China. I know. Um, so um, we'll see. Well, yeah. uh, I think we're almost out of time. So if people want to get a hold of you, the MyDAO Labs is the best site. Is uh, that my, the place? MyDAOLabs.com is, is, pro is probably the probably the best site. Um, and then there is um, ways to kind of connect get, connect to me through there. And uh, yeah, please go there and um, read about. It. And we do have. Um, I would mention um, uh, um, a couple of products. I think that people might want to read about if they're. Um, uh, really interested in sort of thinking about like preventative care. Um, and okay. um, so I would, you know, encourage them to take a, take a look there. That's probably the best way to reach me. Perfect. Well, thank yeah. you so much for taking time out today to talk to us about Chinese medicine and COVID-19 and what it all really means. For all of you watching today, thank you for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends. We're on Spotify as well. And I will see you guys next time. Please be safe wherever you are. We know many of you are in lockdown or quarantines, but we're a community, we're a team, and we will get through this. See you soon.